life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune. When I'm back on top, back on top in June, I said that's life. That's life. And as funny as it may seem, some people get their kicks stomping on a dream. But I don't let it, let it get me down. Cause this fine old world, it keeps spinning around. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Boundaries Podcast, where the facts are the facts and the opinions hurt people's feelings. Please remember to subscribe, rate, review on the Apple iTunes app, on Spotify, on Google Play, all that other good stuff. Um, I almost feel like I owe y'all an apology for my performance last week, but I'm not going to give y'all an apology for my performance last week. So just allow me to reintroduce myself as still the Shaolin Shambles. With the one and only historical honcho Welly F. We gon you, you know how them how them old Baptist preachers they'll come up there and they'll say, you know, I'm not gonna be before you long, and then they be before you long. I feel like this is gonna be one of them instances where we say we not gonna be before you long, and then we be before you long. Hey man. The material writes itself now. I don't even know where to go today. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I have no idea what I want to talk about. There's so much stuff going on. And I don't even mean worldview. I mean just on a personal realm, just, you know, from the IG live to just things I've witnessed over the weekend and then things that I'm paying attention to in my personal life. I mean, it's a bunch of stuff going on. So I wish I was sitting in front of an audience of people and asking what do they want to hear about? What y'all want to talk about? You know what I'm saying? Like, if I was to guess, I think they want to know a little bit about our personal lives. So I, I go with that because, yeah, because my, my personal life has contributed to me being able to make memes that they they be hidden. I think that because like I, I enjoy all people look at me like I'm an asshole. I still will hide behind the fact that say some pretty harsh things without people realizing that I'm just being my normal self. And I feel like that's the that's the beauty of a meme. And also just looking at some some Richard Pryor over the weekend, it was funny because I always um I always felt like Richard Pryor, especially especially Richard Pryor, Dave Chappelle for sure, have always been those people that make me realize like, man, well, you got some shit to say, man. You need to say that shit. And and it always reminded me that comedy comes from a dark place because even though I'll say some shit that I find, you know, funny, no matter what, I mean, it's still lighthearted in a sense. And I'm still just trying to get people to be like, oh, man, that shit crazy. But I still want people to laugh at the same time. I'm not just trying to be malicious. But, yeah, I'll definitely talk about some personal shit this uh this episode. What you want to talk about, Jay? Hey, man, I'm cool with personal shit because sometimes you got, you got to cry through the pain. I mean, laugh through the pain. Oh, cry through the pain. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. 
That's what I'm gonna. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna name this episode. Actually, cry through the pain Why because that makes no Why sense. But sheesh. That's that, that's that, yeah, yeah. Hey, I mean, it happens, man. man. Matter of fact, man, is it is it mental health? It's men. It's men's mental health week, right? Don't give me the line. See oh, what I oh, get and if you don't know, for, for people out there that don't know, and if it is mental, men's mental health week, just proves another point of you know men just not being that important in the realm of things. You know, if because I'm almost certain that women's mental health week should be you know should be popping. Okay, so men's men see men's mental health week. It just ended. Ended yesterday, and a lot of people didn't even know. Had no idea. I just knew it was Pride Month. I had no idea. Exactly. Because Pride Month is going to take precedent over men. Even though a man could be gay. But, <laughs> you know, either way, we know that when it comes to men's men's mental health and men being told, you know, oh, oh you can, you know, if you're a man, you can cry. I'm just here to say once again, I know that already. I don't need you to tell me that. Like, like, I don't need society to tell me that I can cry. Like, like, okay. But as a man, I like to problem solve. I'm not suppressing my emotions. I'm not, you know, trying to avoid my emotions. I'm simply trying to problem solve because sitting there and basking in my tears is not going to solve the problem. That just provides a temporary relief. So... Um, after I realized it was mental health week, you know, and obviously I'm one of those ones that I had figured out, like, I think like Saturday and I just forgot to mention it, but, and I never checked the date obviously until now, but if I was, if you were to focus on, if, if you were to have, you know how in school you basically have black history month and then you have your black history figure that you would talk about. If you were doing mental health week and you were a teacher, what would be your mental health focus? What you mean? Like, like, would, like would I have a person or would I have like a, a mental health issue? Issue, a mental health issue. Uh, my mental even, health issue would be yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, handling anxiety attacks. Because I remember having anxiety okay. attacks at a young age and not knowing what they were. But I just remember the feeling of them coming on, being in them, and then them ending. And I had no idea what was happening. And then the older I got, the more educated I got. And even before Kevin Love came out and was talking about, you know, hey, I was on on the court and I had an anxiety attack and I just had to leave, you know, like and he when the way he described it, I was like, yeah, I remember having those as a child. Like, I remember that exact thing. Well, how about now? Uh, I don't think I've had one in a while. No, I take that back. I, I probably still have them, but they I think they've evolved. They're not the same that they used to be. Because you used to always say shit about anxiety back back, you know, probably about six months ago. And I've always felt I have always felt anxiety was when you said it, I wasn't I guess I'm not really sure what you mean, like, oh, I have an anxiety attack. I've never really suffered from an anxiety attack. So what does that feel like? To me, it's like all your emotions start to boil up and they like sit in your neck. And then with your emotions sitting there, it just, it's, it literally like makes you feel like you're about to choke. You can still breathe and everything, but you're about to choke. 
I would say it's almost like, you know, when you're in a situation, you know, you're going to get some bad news and you know how, how it just just swells up on your nerve endings. That's how that anxiety attack is. It just swells up your nerve endings and you just feel like it's almost like an out of body experience. Like you can see yourself, but you're not within yourself at that point. And that's just how it is for me. I'm sure it's different for, um, you know, different people, but that's how, that's how I always feel. And then it's kind of like, all right, let me, you know, look around the room, you know, make sure I'm still here. Let me focus on my breathing. Cause, cause basically it's like, calm down. You have to calm yourself down. You have to mentally calm yourself down. And the weird part about it is it's it's not always a trigger. Like you Mm. could just be be bebopping along and it hits you out of nowhere. Mm. Like a brick. Like a brick. Godly. So I imagine, like I said, it's one of those instances where you can say calm down to yourself mentally. And that's it means something rather than just telling somebody to calm down. It's just pissing them off even more. Um. Yeah, like I said, I've never, I've, I've felt those moments where like my body like tenses up and it's more of a, not, I, I would say for me, it's not anxiety. It's just more of myself, you know, thinking too hard. And then I just get into that mode where I'm like, I'm not relaxed. So I kind of feel like it, it sounds like it, it it's, feels like that where it's like, oh shit, let me loosen up a little bit, man, because I'm stiff, you know? So yeah, that's. That's interesting, man. That, and and I can imagine that shit. Those anxiety attacks can probably fucking cause a heart attack. Cause of, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, I I've, I've definitely been in moments where yeah, I felt like oh shit, like the pressure comes and I'm just like my palms get sweaty because I I actually have that happen quite often because me just being you know I guess for lack of a better term like more introverted. If I'm just in a setting where I'm super uncomfortable, I don't necessarily get anxiety, but I definitely get nervous as hell. Palms get sweaty, and I just get super quiet, which it hasn't happened in a long time. But I think it used to happen more when I go to when I used to go to church, because I don't like going to church. So really? when I used to go to church. Go ahead. go ahead. No, I'm just saying I don't like going to church. So when I'm in a church, it's just I've just always I've, I've always been uncomfortable. Real talk. When we went to Bar Louis the other week. Like about mm-hmm. twenty minutes into that, I I was ready to leave. Like I like I I became physically uncomfortable. Really? Yeah, I I was ready to bounce. Okay, like I okay. I felt like I had I felt like I had left what I designated to be my comfort zone. And since I was out I was out of it, and I was stationary with some place that I knew was like, hey, I just can't tell. Well, I right, fuck it, I'm gonna bounce and just leave leave you there. So it's like. <laughs> Which I probably could have. I probably could have. But yeah, you could have. You really could have. So so it was it was like twenty minutes in. I was like, all right, I'm ready to leave. But then like another ten minutes, I'm like, all right, I'm cool. I'm chilling. I'm fine. Okay, okay. Huh. That's funny. I definitely couldn't sense it. So that's not it. It's not something visible then. It's not something that somebody could see. Maybe because uh, if it gets real bad, I'll start fidgeting. Shit, I fidget all the time. People don't even notice it though. <laughs> Fidget it now. <laughs> That's why I be playing with that little floss. I mean, I started doing that a lot lately. I start like I have that little that little toothpick. I'm mm-hmm. always fidgeting with that because it gets it literally, you know, removes me from the place because I get to focus on something else. Because I'm not one of those people that can oh just look at everybody in the room and a picture them naked. I can't do that. And I kind of feel like like I said for me it's nervousness. It's nerves. So 
I can imagine with anxiety, you have to convince yourself that you're okay. So prob that probably means that you'll have to put your focus on something else, or you just have to kind of forget your where you are. You forgot you were on Bar Louie. You know, in a sense, like you were like, this ain't Bar Louie. We I'm with here with Will, we just eating. I'm chilling. You know, cause like me, dog, like I go places now, and if, once I get to, you know, get get to my my um fidgeting mechanism, I literally forget where I am and like I won't even care. Like I won't care where I am. Cause like that's for me, in regards to mental health, I feel like in the past five years, I've been able to get to the position I'm in now by literally not giving a fuck. And when I say that, I mean, well, let me let me clean up my language. You can beat that out if you want to. But I dropped the F bomb earlier, so this is gonna be <laughs> okay. I won't pay attention. Okay, okay. I've gotten to the point where and since I have not worried about the perception that I'm giving off to other people, it helps me move so much more freely. Because you could say self-love, you could say confidence, you could even say arrogance. But I think that it's gotten to the point where it's just like, man, I can't worry about what that person thinks of me. And that's really what, that, what contribute, what, uh, what, what get, lends so much to my nervousness because before probably 29, 28, like I would be nervous because I'd be like, man, am I fly enough? Am I looking cool enough? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, things like that. And then I don't know what happened. I think it really just lends to being a, being a father. And I think just when I think about like dad bods and like dad caps, I really, and then even those uh those dad those uh those white dad Nikes, like when I started thinking about those <laughs> the, things, the Air Monarchs, yeah the Air Monarchs yeah, and I started thinking about those things. I was like, man, you know what? You just gotta embrace that everybody has a unique look. So what does it matter that you know I don't walk in here you know looking like you know the most popular guy in here or the coolest guy in here? Like it doesn't matter like. At the end of the day, you know, I'm in here. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, and I ain't leaving, you know? So, you know, not, I know mine is not nervousness. I guess nervousness is, could be a focus in mental health. You know, I guess, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know the bullets in mental health, but I'm pretty sure a lot of it has to do with, you know, bipolar disorder, depression, you know, um, Suicide, suicidal thoughts, even eating disorders, you know, appearance and things like that. For me, if if I was to have a focus though, like a legit focus, and I was a teacher, I, I, you know, I probably would go with something like um, just being able to articulate feelings, because we as men get attacked for that a whole lot, not being able to express ourselves, and I think that. A lot of men that, that try to express themselves to people outside of the the male gender, it comes off as not being able to express ourselves just based on the fact that we always say this, you know, men and women we emote differently, so it's really hard to talk to somebody that speaks a totally different language than you. And regardless of you, yeah, yeah, they're both speaking English or Spanish or whatever, but the fact of the matter is, like, we're saying something, and we, especially men, men have a tendency to kind of water it down because we don't want anybody worrying about us. And once again, exactly. that's, that's a part of, yeah, that, that's a part of being strong. 
which which it amazes me that we live in a society now where simply wanting to be a strong man is seen as toxic. And go ahead. Because when I think about it, like whenever I'm going through stuff, I I rarely tell people. But when I do tell people, I typically start with my mom, which is probably the worst person to start with because, you know, mothers are going to worry anyways. And now you're telling them about something for them to worry about. You're just kicking it up a notch. And then it's kind of like, well, damn, I shouldn't have told her (laughs) because now she's extra worried. (laughs) I should have just kept that one in. But they know already. They know. They, They can sense it. That's a part about being a parent, man. They, they, you know, we just be knowing, man. And like, even with me as a young parent, like, I, I'll, I'll purposely ignore some shit until it's time to talk about it because I just be want, I want to see if my son is able to articulate his feelings. But my son doesn't articulate his feelings. He just, he articulates his feelings by, you know, being a little asshole or something, or <laughs> just, just being mean. And I just be looking at him with a punch him in his face, but. I know, but I know his language though. I know that I know how he's talking. He's just not using words, and that's why I say like I think that we all all men need to find those strong words to use. That way, it, when I say strong words to use, I mean when we use those strong words, people are able to accept those strong words that we're using. Because like a, a woman can be with her man, and a man be you know, hey, everything good, and a man be like, man, it's just some bullshit, man. I ain't got time for it. And he not really telling you what's what's going on. The girl just looking like, damn, nigga, I'm trying to talk to you. <laughs> but he just told you there's some bullshit. It's like, and she wants more. What's up? What's up? And the thing about that is, it's kind of like a woman will say, you know, she wants her man to be able to be vulnerable around her. Like, you know, hey, you know, he can, you, he cries in front of me, this, that, the other. You know, they take pride in in a man being able to express himself in front of her. But men, we look at it as like. Now she's gonna think I'm weak. Now she's not gonna think that I'm a strong provider that she that she was looking for, that I that I that I am. So, you know, I've exposed myself to a certain extent and now I have to, you know, overcompensate to get back to this strong side. Which typically our overcompensation is we shut you out. Now nah, don't worry about it, I'm gonna handle it. You know, it is what it is, you know, it's just like, you know, we just we just shut you out and in turn you're pushing her away. I agree. And I guess in my mind, once again, it's a, it's one of those things of understanding because I'm sitting here, like I said, I'm telling you, you know, there's some bullshit, you know, I just don't want to talk about it. And once again, I think it comes back to that problem solving mindset because I guarantee you eventually when it hits the fan enough, we can sit there and talk a week later and be like, man, so what you was on last week? Oh, man, whole ass dude at work, you know what I'm saying, trying to snitch on me, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I figured it out. Like, matter of fact, man, I seen something, and this is a very weird example, but I seen Justin Bieber was accused of sexual assault in 2014. And then he basically had to go to Twitter and he had to pull the receipts and prove the motherfuckers like, hey, you know, Man, I don't know what this girl on, but in 2014, this why I was bam, 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 bam. Let me prove myself. But I can imagine that him and his wife 
probably experienced a period where Justin Bieber was frustrated because he probably was on some like, let me figure this shit out. I'm about to be on my phone. I'm about to get these receipts because it's some bullshit. You know, let, leave me alone. You know, I can imagine it. I'm not saying that that did happen, but I can imagine it happening. And then by the time he gets to the computer, he lets it all out. He can now go back to his wife and be like, you know, you know, this this is why I was like that. And then you're able to articulate it because you're able to lay it out there because you actually were able to solve the problem rather than being in the midst of the problem. Because a lot of times with men, I honestly think that from, you know, from young men, you know, young boys, I feel like a lot of the games that we played, a lot of the things that we did, it always required some type of problem solving that left us by ourselves. And that's just something that we're conditioned to do. Cause a lot of times when somebody tries to come in and help us, they just fuck it up. You know, like, like, bro, like you, you making it, you making it worse. <laughs> Leave me alone. So, and I think, I think we do that to women too. Like we, oh, yeah. we've been trying to help women and like, I know for a fact a woman to come talk to me and then, uh, you know, I just get to the point where I'm just listening because I'm 100% sure I can't give her no advice. I just be listening. Because, like, if I say something, I'm just going to piss her off even more. Matter of fact, that's what happened in my last relationship. Like, I could never give advice in my last relationship. I would always just fuck it up more to the point where I was just like, well, I'm just going to sit here because I ain't got nothing to say. Because when I give advice, it comes off as cold and calculated. And, uh, and as men, we're typically fixers. You know, you might be coming to us just to vent, but we're thinking, oh, you coming with, to us with a problem that you're looking for a solution to. So, you know, we're listening to everything you're saying, and, and from the outside looking in, we see a simple fix. Oh, well, all you got to do is do this, or all you got to do is do this. But, you know, that's because our emotions are separate from it, from it. We care about you. Our emotions are in you, and your emotions are in the situation. So, you know, it's like, hey, I just want to see what's what's the best outcome for you. So that's where I'm putting my emotions and your emotions are embedded in the situation. Because, like, you know, whether it's your girl and she having issues with her family or issues with her job or whatever, you know, your your emotions are with her. Like if her family pissed her off, shit, don't talk to them no more. (laughs) That's what we would say. (laughs) Don't talk to them no more. Make them appreciate you. Like, but to her, it's like, how can you just say that? That's my family. But I can just say that because that's your family and I care about you. And you come here, they told me that you doing they doing you wrong. I'm gonna go wet that whole thing up. I'm put hand, I'm gonna put look, if you my girl and you tell me to go put hands on your daddy, I'm gonna go put hands on your daddy <laughs> because I care about you. Boy. Straight up. It makes sense though, man. It makes sense. Hey, dad dad told me to get out the house and kick me out the house. I'm so mad. We pulling up. <laughs> What what do, what do you want to do? Cause I'm I'm with the shit. I'm with the shit. <laughs> Come on, man. Just imagine, just imagine you you have you have a daughter and her boyfriend trying to pull up on you. He can try. He can try. Yeah, he can try. And, if, <laughs> and if I'm too old, and if I'm too old to, to throw them hands, I'm gonna let that thing sing. Hey, hey, that's what. Hey. It is what it is. Nigga better know what battle he coming to. Better not bring no knife. <laughs> but no, I, I feel you though. Like I've I've been that guy, and and that's I'm not saying it's something I regret, but it is something that I just had to accept. That like I'm just a more calculated, you know. I remove my emotions from things a lot of times, and I'll give somebody some advice that is just isn't right for the moment. Especially if I'm talking to a woman, that's why I've just gotten more to the point where I'm either just not talking to women about serious shit. I just let them rant and let it be done. And I just, you know, I, I, 
I still have diarrhea mouth that time, so I'm gonna say something. But I'll try my hardest to make sure that it's not like advice. I'll be like, oh, well, you know, I feel you, man. You know, it's not. But because once again, all I can really do is sympathize. I really can't empathize because, like, a lot of times I can't really relate. I can't to try to put myself in your shoes. And eh. once again, I'm, I'm not a woman. It's not easy. And and then when you when you're faced with something where you really don't know how to respond. Like I've been faced with situations and I, and all I could say was like, I'm, I'm truly speechless. Like I, I, I sense your excitement. I'm not that excited about it. It actually, it may not be something that I personally would do, but I know this is something you want to do and you're excited for you for it. So I'm just going to be speechless over here because I'm not going to shoot your dream down. I'm, I've never been one to shoot people's dreams down, no matter how far fetched it is. Like if that's your dream, go for it. Straight up, straight up, straight up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We 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 talk about this all the time. But yeah, like I said, man, if 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 that was yours would be anxiety and mine would be articulating feelings. Don't know if that's an actual mental health issue per se, but I definitely think that you know both of those things, if they're perfected or you know closer to perfection, and and, and young boys realize that it's a necessary tool to navigate through society, like to, to be able to reduce anxiety without drugs, to be able to articulate feelings without offending people or just, just realizing who you can articulate your feelings to. I think that those are very important in life. But, uh, before, before we move yeah, on, I, I also think it's important to be able to identify those feelings because a lot of people, and I, had, I forget who I had this conversation with, but we were talking about the difference between depression and sadness. And a lot of people will, will say, oh, no, I'm depressed. I'm depressed. And it's kind of like, no, you might just actually be sad. And the best definition I could give for both of them, I say, when you're sad, you know why. Whether you want to admit it or not, you know. <laughs> and with depression, you, you kind of it kind of just hits you and you really don't know why you're there. Because, I mean, I think when you think about it, I mean, depression definitely hits you more in the, like, cortex of your brain. Like, it's deeper. You yeah. know, like, depression. Like, I just automatically get this sense of it's a deeper type of, you know, melancholy. It's a deeper type of sadness that really you have to dig deep to define what it is. And, yeah, like you said, sadness, you know, that, that could be very brief. It could be a beat, a very brief moment of sadness. I mean, shit, you could be sad you dropped your Snickers bar. You're not going to be depressed about it, you know. So I definitely get that. I definitely get that. And, I, and I'm pretty sure that when you're depressed, it's even harder to articulate your feelings, especially as a man, because you went, you have to go so deep. And that requires time. And within that time, you're trying to solve that problem. So, you know, I guess my advice to anybody out there that's dealing with men and they're trying to get their, they're trying to better understand a man's feelings, they just, it's going to require patience. You know, that's just bottom line. If you, if you don't have patience, then, you know, that can be another reason why these modern day relationships don't work because, why everybody's virtue signaling online, pretending that, you know, they want men to be more vulnerable. They want men to be able to articulate their feelings. They want stronger men. Like, everybody is advocating for these things, but they don't have the patience for them. It's not going to happen overnight. Like, and I really feel like sometimes when, I, I, I really feel like a lot of shit has went super left because men 
are trying to appease women so much. I think it has definitely made men a lot softer in a sense, and that, that hasn't really helped the modern day relationship. The modern day uh, relationship scene. It's like, yeah, you got a bunch of softer men out there that are willing to open up about their feelings. They don't mind venting. They don't mind going to therapy with you. But these relationships still ain't lasting long. Like y'all, y'all just got to the point where y'all just two women now, or y'all switch roles entirely. And ain't nothing, you know, and, and and that's why I say, like, eventually everything comes back to its natural position. We can try to deny nature all we want, but at the end of the day, you know, we know what a default setting is for a natural born man. That's just how I see it. And a natural born woman. I just, I don't think a lot of women out there, I don't think a lot of women out there want to be walking around carrying the, the emotions of a man on her back. That shit can be heavy. Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole lot to bear. Like I said, man, suicide is is a big deal with the male species. And if I'm not mistaken, I think I posted something on IG about quote unquote trans women, which is basically a man, but that's one of one of the reasons why they commit suicide. Like that shit, it's you know, it's the support system, it's the it's the emotional turmoil they go through. It's so much shit that goes into that, and then they just end up taking their life. Like that's a type of emotion you don't want to have to deal with. Like, and I don't, I wouldn't want to put that on anybody's back, bro. Like that shit is insane. But uh, I we can segue into this uh, since we're still talking about males, this this relationship advice thing that you sent, I was. I was saddened by this, not depressed, just saddened. Oh, the Reddit story. But, uh, yeah, the Reddit story, man. This a uh, 45-year-old male overheard his 45-year-old wife, wife of 20 saying, years, she's, whew, saying she settled for me. I told my wife I wanted a divorce now, and all hell is breaking loose. I, the male, have been married to my wife for 20 years. I genuinely thought we were in love until I overheard her on the phone recently remarking to her friend that she feels she settled for me and thinks about her ex every day. Her exact words. I feel like I settled for him. I love him, but he doesn't excite me the way Tom did. Sometimes I wish Tom had been serious with me. And I don't need to read more of it. I just know she, he's looking at it like, okay, Tom is her ex, clearly, before 20 years. And... <laughs> they have kids together, a 19 and a 21 year old. And like I said, man, he, he got hit with this news and he's like, Hey, I'm trying to get the hell up out of here. Interesting. And it seems like this guy got banned from Reddit. Interesting. Interesting. One of those rabbit holes, but man, and I'm not even really just going to focus on, solely that guy that posted that I just want to say that like I can relate this to the meme that was posted the other day where I basically was like a lot of people's past failed, past relationships fail because they try to avoid those hard conversations and I think more and more people need to realize that when you're getting into a contract like marriage with someone you cannot afford to not articulate your feelings. You cannot afford to think to yourself, hmm, is it okay? Is it gonna be okay if I waste 20 years of this man's life or 20 years of this woman's life knowing that I'm not deeply in love with this person? 
gonna go have kids with this person I don't love? Like, those are real conversations that you gotta have. Like, if it gets to the point where you're getting cold feet, you have to ask yourself, why am I getting cold feet with somebody that I've gotten this far with? Was it all a fluke that I got this far? You know, and and and, and that's why I felt like that meme was important. And it was like, to me, it was funny. But at the same time, it was just some real shit because like that is a hard pill to swallow. Because people want relationships so bad that they're willing to overlook everything that can possibly go wrong. That's almost like they just jump into a, a pit of delusion. It's like, oh, I'm going to be all right. But no, you're not. Because look, fast forward 20 years later, you're on the phone with your friend and you're talking about, I think I messed up. It took you 20 years to figure that out? It's not It's not even just she said she thinks she messed up. She said she misses her ex every day. So it wasn't it wasn't like she thought she messed up. She knew she was messing up from the jump. But you said this guy was here and he was available. And you was like, hey, this is this. Is, you basically said this is the best I'm going to do. So I'm going to I'm going to take this. And when you do that, you end up hurting two people. Obviously, you hurt hurt this man and you hurt yourself because you spent 20, 20 years with somebody. You're just like, eh, I'm OK with this guy. He, he checks all the boxes. I'm OK. Hurt the kids too, man. Even though they, even though they're grown now, but I still feel like them. I feel like those kids. It's almost like you say sitting in Bar Louie, and you get this anxiety attack. And honestly, I couldn't tell. But a lot of times with parents and that lack of love being in the house, kids be knowing, bro. Kids can. Oh tell. yeah, they can feel. They so, can. They can feel it. They're a part of you. Yeah. They can feel it. Yeah. So I can imagine twenty twenty one years. You know, like I said, I think they're 19 or 21 year old. I can imagine those kids felt it in those 20 years. They were married and it just kept getting swept under the rug. And now here we are, which is which is really messed up, because when you look at the kids ages, you realize they really were just in it, you know, to make sure that, the, you know, they were in the kids lives. And now they're trying to part ways. I think with in modern day dating, what people fail to realize, once again, relating this to to another meme that was made this week when I basically was just stating that I actually think that it's better when you're the only person head over heels over the person that you're dating or your significant other. Like if you're the only person that cares about them, like, like you just, everybody's like, Oh, she, I, she for you or he for you. I feel like that's a perfect situation to be in. And the reason I'm saying I can relate this to this story is because it's a good chance that social media has lent to the fact that she wants, she misses him every day. Like just imagine 50 years ago, you know, Tom, the ex, you know, Tom, the ex is in her life. He disappears. She marries, she goes on with her life, but isn't it a good chance that with social media that she's still able to see this guy, she's still able to see how he's living and she's still able to be like, oh, man, you know, Tom is still so dreamy. Tommy, Tom still has it going on. And the reason I said I relate those two is because, like I said, you got to realize, like, the lust factor and people just looking at images of people on social media. Like, I'm going to be 100. Like, I could just be looking at random shit on Instagram, and then I could come across somebody that could be in a relationship. And I'm just judging them based off the fact, oh, this is a woman. She bad. That's Nothing's going to stop me from doing that. 
even if that person is attached to somebody else. Obviously, right. I'm a man of I'm a man of morals. So if I see my partner's wife or something like that, I'm not gonna be on that. But at the same time, I can't speak for other people, bro. Like it's a wild world out here, and we don't know if Tom is a guy that knows that this chick is married and he's busting after her and probably in her DMs. Like we don't know that. But once but once again, this is the this is the modern day social circle. That's why I'm relating it to it. Cause I feel like the modern day, the modern day social circles, they're bigger than what they need to be. 30, 40 years ago, they were a lot more compacted and a lot less can get in through anything other than word of mouth. Now we have social circles that expand a thousand, two thousand people. Easily. You know, like it, it's crazy. And that's why I say, like, you 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 put in the lust factor and then you put in the fact that the overall respect for relationships today is not as high as it used to be. Like, I feel like me and you respect people's relationships, but I can't, once again, I can't speak for everybody. I mean, obviously, I feel like a married dude ain't fucking around. Like, he, in a sense of, like, he not finna be in a situation where he um he's contributing to fucking up somebody else's home. You know what I'm saying? And I, I, just, right. I just feel like I like dudes are like that because the karma's gone. Karma gonna get them. Uh, and, and that's just speaking on niggas. I know. I can't speak for everybody else because I've heard some stories, man. And reading stories like that, they give you a wake up call, bro. Yeah, because some men and some women just don't care. <sighs> man, they don't give a damn. And, and and like we always say, shit, if you're not happy, leave. But, you know, you sit there and you, you cheat, you're just going to hurt that person even more. I think I asked you that one, uh, like, last week or something, and you gave me a, a cold answer. Oh, we were talk, we was talking about the black community. And I was talking about, I had made a comment about, like, I know people hate when they hear white people say, you know, if you don't like it here, just leave. And... I saw a rebuttal that basically was like, damn, like, y'all want us to get the fuck out of here so bad that y'all wouldn't, you know, y'all aren't even willing to change y'all ways and blah, blah, blah. And I kind of just sat there and I was like, hold up now. I can respect both sides of the argument, but most, most people that stay in countries where they're not liked or where they don't like the shit that's going on, they do leave. Yeah. Mexicans yeah. leave Mexico to come here for better opportunity. Nigerians leave Nigeria. Shit, you know, I would imagine Vietnamese leave Vietnam. The Indians are leaving different parts of the Middle East. People mass migrate to America for better opportunities. Or they mass migrate to even Canada or just somewhere else in order to get away from a place where they don't really fuck with it. And you basically told, you basically responded it was a mindset of like, well, shit, you know, it's hard to leave somewhere when you basically you say something like get complacent. You get complacent, and also you was like, well, they don't have no plan or no strategy in place to leave. You know, the black community, if they wanted to mass migrate to Canada, they would have to have the finances for it. And yep. let's just be honest here. Niggas out here ain't saving no money like that. Niggas no. buying everything else. Niggas buying everything else but trying to invest in them a escape plan. And I think that you can relate to, to relationships as well, because if a person sees a relationship is getting shitty, they just get complacent. They stay there. They keep spending money. They stay, they, they, they keep complaining. They keep they going keep forward. <laughs> With no plan on exiting. It's like, dog, 
eventually you got to migrate somewhere else because you know that you don't want to be here and you know that you somewhere where you're probably not even wanted. So why are you still here? You you don't want to be there, but me. you but you keep having sex. You keep having sex. You keep rolling them dice long enough. That seven gonna come up, and when that seven come up, now now you you amplified the problem. Yep, yep, yep. I'm just saying, like I said, man, I I'm not one of those people that's gonna sit here and act like I just hate this country. But I know enough about this country to look at the facts that shit. It wasn't my choice to come here. That's my mama that wanted to come here, and she felt like you know opportunity-wise, I'd be a lot better off than in the motherland. And hey, I feel like she made a good decision based on the fact that it was up to me as a man and, you know, due to her parenting skills, put me in a position I am today. That's why I always talk. That's why when people ask me questions about the black community, I always just look at it in regards of our relationships to things that are detrimental. And I feel like one of the most detrimental things in the black community is our relationship to the culture, to black American culture. Because if you realize few years is, you know, I could even say, you know, since the, since the Wakanda obsession, you could, re- you could realize that there is an obsession with, you know, getting closer to the motherland or just, you know, you know kind of getting closer to your roots. And it's the same thing that happened like in the 60s and 70s. It was an up, uprise of that. People wanting to, um, to get back to their to their roots. And mm-hmm. you start you start feeling like that when you start feeling unwanted. You start thinking like, man, I need to go somewhere else. They don't want me here. And that's a reasonable feeling. But okay, what's your plan to do that? What's your strategy? What you gonna do? And what and without a plan, there's there's nothing there there's nothing. You you're you're basically like you said, you're just they're stuck. And until you sit down and, and make this plan, okay, this is how I'm gonna get out of this situation. This is how I'm gonna do better this next go around or whatever, what have you, whatever plan you need to put in place. You're just you're just there floating. And you gotta you gotta really sit there and look and say, you know, uh, whether they say faith without works is dead, you gotta put a plan together and have faith that that plan's gonna come to fruition. Dude, when you out here tearing down statues, burning stuff down, you're doing all this other stuff, yeah, you're making a real loud statement, but like we said last time, it has to be something that's going to move it forward in a way that's going to be beneficial to the incoming generations. Because right now, in all honesty, I think all that's being done right now, you're, you're removing historical artifacts you're hurting local communities where to where they got to rebuild. So the only thing the incoming generations is going to see is, you know, new statues, rebuilt stuff. Like, there's nothing that's really going to lend to them being a better generation. Like, in my opinion, if we were to discuss our relationship with the culture on a mass scale, like, there has to be a lot of reinventing of the wheel. Like, I've said it before. I think I love hip hop, but I think that hip hop lends to what I call, you know, the great regression as far as the black community goes, because I feel like hip hop went from, you know, from from dance moves to some social awareness to now when you bring up social awareness, you feel like a person just capping. It's like, oh, you just doing that because, you know, that's what's popping right now. But social awareness, you know, NWA and them, that was just a part of their, that was a part of their image. 
you know, public enemy. That was a part of their image. You listen to any old Scarface or Tupac, that was just a part of who they were. Like, and they was actually putting out club hits at the same time. They was actually putting out radio singles that jammed that actually had a meaning. But then you look at hip not hop now, like, man, when you think of when you have an image of hip hop, modern day hip hop in your, in your head right now, Jay, like what what comes to your mind right now? I first I think of, and that's not even hip hop. Like, I, I I really don't. I really don't have a modern day image of hip hop. Because like it's just I, all over the place. Like like when you, when you say like the first person that came to my mind was like Lil Uzi Vert, but that's not hip hop. Like all these all yeah. these little all these littles and everybody that that's not hip hop to me. So I, I really don't, I, I don't even know if, if modern hip hop exists. I, I personally feel like it's pop music. I feel like hip hop has gotten so mainstream that it's basically just a genre within the pop arm. arm, arm. And, and you know, I see you're still, you're labeling it as hip hop. I mean, it's rap, but I feel like it's not as positively influential as it was like maybe in the 90s and 80s and once again it's not taken away from the fact that there were Luke Skywalkers out there and two shorts out there but I would actually argue that the bulk of the rap the bulk of the hip hop content wasn't that wasn't it I feel like now when you look at a bulk of hip hop content it lends to a whole lot more negativity and you know maybe I'm just being biased because that's my era but like I said I mean even then, I would have to question the gangster rap because of the fact that it, it feels like it feels like just like the Bible, people have a tendency to just pick parts of it out that, out that they that they like. Because I even think that some of the more monumental gangster rappers from back in the day, they still was telling you not to do this, do this shit. <laughs> like, you know, Ice T and them had a song where they basically was trying to make sure gang relations were were like squashed, you know, but people only took the cute parts out of it. They like, shit, fuck it, I'm from the gangbang. You know, and that's and that's what scared me because hip-hop is just in a place where now it just gets so heavily misinterpreted by the youth that it just lends to a, a, a more fucked-up generation to come. And it really just feels like generation after another, they're just trying to trying to one-up the last one by doing some more psychotic shit. It's like these young niggas get more wild and more wild. It's like, bro, like, like, are we gonna have any, you know, Lonnie Johnsons out there? You know, that's gonna that's gonna uh, be nuclear engineers and make a super soaker. Are we gonna have? Are we gonna have a black Steve Jobs, a, a black Elon Musk? Are we gonna have, you know, Frederick Doug, Douglass, uh, W. E. B. Du Bois? Like, are we gonna have actual black figures that come from black communities that don't have a microphone in their hand or game ball? You got your your man's um Sean King. <laughs> I definitely wasn't expecting that one, bro. Cause uh, yeah, man, I ain't got nothing to say about that young man. I mean, first of all, he's a white guy, but uh, <laughs> he's definitely a white guy masquerading around as a black guy. Uh, I, I respect his efforts to bring awareness to things in a black community, but I definitely feel that he's probably a shield or some type of stooge and he's really not operating independently like we like we perceive he is. 
I think that his effect on, on the black community is similar to the effect of TMZ on the communities as a whole. It's just a lot of gossip and it really doesn't lend to any type of solution. It just it just it just gets gets you paranoid. It just makes you overly emotional. It just pisses you off. And I don't really care about that type of stuff. Like I really think that we have a lack of educators, a lack of black educators that have a platform that matters. I think that we have a lack of uh, of spiritual leaders that that really are saying something and they're not just doing it to get get funds and and get vagina. Because low key, I feel like a lot of these. These these black spiritual these so called spiritual leaders even even like a a Derek Jackson like I think behind the scenes he just he just probably hitting chick after chick because I mean why did you have to bring up my arch nemesis nemesis my arch nemesis wow my arch nemesis all sims that guy right there has good intentions in my opinion because he's trying to get black men to be more positive. But in the meantime, all he's doing is simplifying them. He is making them pure cuckholes. And that if that is a problem when I talk to talk to multiple women and they constantly tell me the same thing. I don't meet men that are worthy of submitting to. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that dudes like Derek Jackson give guys advice that they take and they make them unworthy of submitting to based on the fact that they be ultra, ultra simpy. I don't think a woman, especially these modern, modern day, modern day women want an extra simpy ass dude. I mean, I there's, there's, it, there's nothing wrong with cherishing and taking care of your woman. There's nothing like that. And there's nothing wrong with having a backbone either. There can be limitations exactly. to the things that you're going to do. There's nothing wrong with that. always think, oh, you called him a simp because he treated his woman right. No. 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 I'm calling him a simp because he has lowered himself. (laughs) He has lowered himself as a man to submit to a woman in a way that basically makes him just a fucking stepping stool. Nobody should have to do that in a relationship. Like, Stop trying to switch the gender roles to the point of where you're just walking around like a chick with a penis. Like that we don't need that in the black community. We need more strong black men. Because these type of black men that's walking around the black community now, after being emasculated so much, after being watered down by people like Derek Jackson, they be the first ones to run off when they when they're when they're with a chick. And then shit just hits the fan and they get emotionally overwhelmed. They have a kid that they don't want to be there. They run off. Or their kids see them as so weak that they just become bad examples to kids because the boys, boys or the young women are seeing their mama running to the young, to the young generation as a bad example. For instance, coaching alongside on my you know my son's basketball team. You know, obviously there are a lot of mothers that bring the boys to us to get coached. And and I've said this on the episode before, but there has never been a woman that has come up to us and told us to take it easy on their kids, especially their boys. I have not had it happen yet. Never happened and it never will. And if it ever does, 
we probably going to tell that, that woman, that mom, you need to probably take this boy somewhere else. Probably take him to ballet. Probably take him to <laughs> gymnastics or something. Because it's going to be hard out here. Like, because life up, is hard. Straight up. That's that's why it's so many people out here that are folding. Because you have the you you have the over-nurturing of boys, especially young black males, that when when reality hits them, they just don't get it. They they're confused. They like, well, shit. My mom and dad they said it wasn't gonna be like, like this, so they never really showed me this picture. And get it, you know, just to be clear, I'm not saying put your kids through hell because obviously through sports you can actually build your child's strength, patience, focus, and ambition. You don't have to make. You don't have to. Oh, you about to be homeless for a year? No. That ain't character building. That is torture. That is punishment. It don't. It doesn't take that. That. All I'm saying is, as a black community, we can strategically keep our boys toughened up. We can. We can make sure that we have a future where young black men and and we you know dealing with Hispanics too. And we got we got white kids on our team. But the fact of the matter is, we can't have a generation of men that are finna come through and just be parallel to women in, in means of they just as emotional, they're just as hormonal, they, they don't they they, they want to shop just as much. They 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 just they just wanna be like women. If that's the case, I don't think that that is going to be a healthy society. I don't think that a society that just had all men would be healthy. I don't think a society that just had all women would be healthy. We're here for a reason together. And I think that that is a great part of nation building when everybody realizes that there are gender roles. If you don't respect them gender roles, I mean, that's fine. I'm not going to fuck with you. But at the same time, like I respect gender roles in a sense of if you can stand up, if you can take on this role and not fold, then cool. But if you take on this role and then you're looking for a pat on the back, then I can't help you. I don't yeah. care that you're a woman and you're a single mom and you think that you're going to get some overpraise. No. You you were put into this situation because of a series of choices that you made. I'm going to say it again. And even as a single father, we're put into these situations as a series of choices that we made. It's similar to going to school to be a doctor or be a nurse. Once I sign up to do these things, I'm going to do them and I don't need to, I don't need your applause because I signed up to do this. I know why I'm here. It doesn't make any sense. Like I understand that people want like, you know, recognition, but once again, you'll get that recognition when when recognition is due, especially if you go above and beyond. But if you're just doing your average work, I'm not I'm not giving you a gold star. Not what? even that. It's like, are you just doing it for recognition? Like, what what is your purpose of doing it? You're doing it for, hey, look at me, or are you doing it because you know you know that's what's right, or you're doing it because that's what you feel like doing. And I think that's what I think that's where where this generation gets lost because we do it a lot for recognition. Oh, let me do it like this so I can post it on social media. Let me do it like that so I can post it on social media so I can get get that acceptance that that you mentioned earlier from people who don't really care about me. What that boy? What that boy? Dave, shout out to Dave, man. Dave, come on, bro, bring bring the old Dave back. <laughs> no, no, I'm playing. What that boy Dave said on IG Live, man. That boy said Harriet Tubman. He said somebody Harriet Tubman. He was actually um, like. 
niggas can't can't Harriet Tubman no more. Cause Harriet Tubman did that shit. She freed them slaves and she did it and she didn't do it for recognition. She did it. She kept it low key. It was off the map because she didn't want to get caught. She didn't want to get them free slaves caught. Niggas today, they'd have iPhones in the fucking in the fucking run on the underground uh, railroad. They like, Facebook me, live with it. Man, I'm saving everybody. Look, you know what I'm saying? Putting nigga, we don't need to see that shit, bro. We just want these people free. Do what you need to do behind behind the scenes. When it's all said and done, the the the, the motherfucking winners are going to write the history. Harriet Tubman, she came out a winner. And that's why we know her today. You know what I'm saying? I mean, shit. And and once again, I, I'm not well versed on every single thing Harriet Tubman did, but I do understand that she was a very pivotal part of making that happen because she understood one, slavery was morally wrong, and she understood that she had a pathway to freedom and she was going to utilize it. You were either going to ride or die. That's it. You know? You know, and it was all about the liberation of the people. It wasn't about virtue signaling to get a bunch of likes and followers. If if that is that is your if that is the main purpose if that is your main motivation for being a good person then you're not really a good per- good person. And that's why that's why I tend to stay silent on certain things because I'd rather just people know me man I DM you or J Mart and a few other people you know cracking jokes about things and people really getting to like know my mind because I never want anybody to think that I'm not about our people. But the reality is if you know me. You know that it goes deeper than that because I'm one of those type of people that I accountability is just it's necessary, dog. And if if we're gonna have a conversation, we and, and accountability can be brought up. I'm damn sure gonna bring it up. Yeah, damn sure gonna bring it up. I mean, I, I think I go ahead. A conversation goes so much smoother when you can take that accountability, like on on both parts. Hey, this is where I messed up, and you can say this is where you messed up. Cool. Where do we go from here? Because most of the arguments are about people not owning up. Real talk, though. Real talk, though. I mean, people rather be the victim, though. People would rather be the victim. Being the being the victim is almost like the easy road to success, especially when you're in an argument. If you can prove that you're the oppressed one. The one that was more oppressed. There you go. You can automatically just, you automatically get some type of sympathy and you don't even have to prove anything at that point anymore. You're the, you're the wounded one. What I got to prove? I'm hurt. I'm more hurt than you. What you saying? You don't, you don't, you don't believe my pain. Come on, man. Come on. Really? We, I mean, at the end of the day, like, that's not what we're here for. Like, you know, two people, are trying to have a discussion, and if, if it, it, it's a problem that's been festering for over 200 years, we need to actually get to the root of why this is continuing to happen, rather than just trying to look like the victim. That's basically what I was saying on IG Live. That's why I was like, man, I don't care for the origin story of Black Americans to always be rooted in slavery. I can't change that. But I just hope that eventually a generation comes about where they can look at themselves, they can look at their history. And, I mean, because think about it, man. You think most Caucasian kids running around 
and they only know their history as being oppressors. You know, a lot of these motherfuckers, a lot of these white kids growing up, they got a family line full of business owners, you know, dentists, doctors, lawyers. I mean, you know, people that got it from the mud in a sense of they, 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 they have ancestors that knew the American dream. It's like, why can't black people be in that position? It should be a generation of black people that come up in the next 20 or 30 years where, you know, it'd be like, oh yeah, my grandpa Jay Brooks, you know, you know, he was a, he was a successful banker, banker. And and that's and that's where it comes from. Like if you want to go deeper, cool. But hey, after this third or fourth generation, shit start popping off. Why is it that four or five generations later, we still in the same place? That bothers me. No evolution. It's 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 people that I know that like and, I, and I'm gonna use this example because people need to understand that it's a lot of people that get inherited. You know me, Jay. They gotta. Understand. I know. I know. They gotta understand. <laughs> they have no choice. It's people. It's people that inherit wealth in mass sums. I mean, millions of dollars. This has been occurring in America since the beginning of American history, and. These people amass this wealth. And you know what happens to a lot of these, these kids that amass this wealth? I think about 70% of them end up broke. And more than that. Because so, they didn't earn it. You have no respect for it if you didn't earn it. So with that being said, you have to understand that that happened to black people too. It was a lot of black Americans that inherited a lot of wealth from their grandparents that were prosperous in the early 1900s, and you know what? A lot of them, a lot of them uh, kids, them, them young kids, did? they lost it. A lot of them lost it on, in them gambling shacks, lost it on prostitutes, lost it on bad investments, lost it in drugs. You know, so oh, gotta gotta take some accountability there because yep. we can hate Trump all we want, but at the same time, he inherited that wealth and became the playboy of the 80s. He, he had a hell of a run. Something that is, is, yeah, he did something that was statistically hard to do. You can inherit all the wealth you want, but if you don't got your strategy in place, you're just going to be another broke motherfucker. And I've seen it, bro. Like, I'm telling you, man, it's a lot of people that inherit wealth and, and, they, and they, they squander it. So we can't, that's why I'm, I'm saying this to say accountability is important on our part because especially this generation right here, yeah, like Dave Chappelle said, oh, it's cool, you know, you know, I, I trust the streets. I feel like they're going to do what's right. I, I feel that y'all are doing what's right actively, but I'm going to need y'all to do what's right economically, meaning I need y'all to get y'all shit together to where the next generation doesn't have to suffer and rely on the government in order to survive because we've been relying on the government since the 60s. And we go into the 2060s relying on the government. That's a problem. Eventually, we got to say, okay, we the problem. We can't start just constantly yelling out oppression, systematic racism. Hey, eventually, if it gets that far down the timeline, we eventually have to say we are the problem. Right now, it's still probably, it's still safe to say systematic racism. Because like J. Mark posted earlier today, he's like, if race don't matter, why you asking that shit on a credit application? Why that shit matter when you're renting a home? Why that shit matter on a job application? So with that being said, it's it's nice we calling that shit out, but it needs to get to a point where we're comfortable 
putting that we're African-American or black on the application, knowing that the systematic racism isn't going to be against us. We don't have, we shouldn't be in a situation where we can't name our daughters Shaquanda and Shakina, and we got to name them Ashley and, 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 and Karen just so they can, you know, get a fair shot. You know, people, people suppressing the, the, their authentic last names so they don't get crossed off a, uh, a job offer. I mean, you have places that truly do use utilize affirmative action, but once again, the human condition is so fucked up that you have people that actually wouldn't hire you if it wasn't for affirmative, uh, affirmative action. That's a problem. We need to reduce that as much as possible. And all I'm seeing today is, in honesty, covert racism is at an all-time high. And then you could be in a room full of racists and wouldn't even know it because these racists are paid to be your friend. They're paid to pretend like they like you, which in our minds, it's fine because we're like, well, shit, I feel somewhat comfortable in here because nobody can't just get up and call me a nigga and tell me to leave and spit on me. But it, should be, it shouldn't be like that. People from the core of their heart should literally look at me and say, you just a man like me. You know what I'm saying? And if yeah. we can't get to that point in society, I'm sorry. Black people are going to be in this position for a long time. And, and a lot of shit that's going on And right you can't now, just, just sit there and keep saying, well, oh, well, you got this this how many years head start. You got this how many years head start. Say, just because they got head start don't mean you can't come back and finish the race. Bruh. I, I swear they taught us a story about the tortoise and the hare in school. I've, I've heard it a time or two. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, it's... It's plenty of things out there to say. It's we we as black people, and I, I don't know how much longer we got, but I, I definitely want to end on this note. We as black people have been seeing examples for so long to let us know that we have the capacity to be great. They they have torn down a lot of our successful black people, Richard Pryor's, the Bill Cosby's. They 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 slandered shit. Puff Daddy's name. They've slandered O.J. Simpson, but you know O.J. Simpson did that shit. But at the same time, you know we've seen black success. This is nothing new to us. We have to stop acting like we ain't been here before, nigga. We didn't been here before, man. Like I tell my son, this basketball team, keep your face, nigga. Don't even show emotion when you if you get a fast break dunk. You've been here before. You can dunk. They know you could dunk. Let them know you've been here before. Because the minute you start flexing, they're going to know, oh, that nigga ain't never been here before. <laughs> he going to be one He gonna be one of, he one of them niggas that inherited that wealth, and he going to squander it the next day. That's what they expected from us, bro. Fuck that shit, man. Y'all got to just, y'all got to be tired of just being just some other nigga. Just another nigga. What, what happened to class? What happened to what happened to bossing up and 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 stopping you know all these excuses, bro? Like, what happened to actually being a community? All that shit died down, bro. After the sixties and seventies, that's why shit, shit shit crazy to me, dog. Like, I can go on for days on that shit, but it is what it is, man. We went from mental health to talk about the black community, but you know how it is. Mental health in the black community is we need a whole month for that. Yeah, that, that that's something that doesn't get enough attention at all. Yeah, we did a whole month for that. We talk about all this other shit, but you talk about black mental health, 
and and don't try to. I know them. I know them weirdos out there gonna try to hijack it and make it about them. You know, when we talk about black, we just talk about black. You don't gotta. You don't have to. You don't have to. Um, reduce it to oh a trans life or, or a black teddy bear life or you know stop stop getting all these subgroups going when at the end of the day the focus is black and it because because at the end of the day uh, I seen something today that just made me laugh but I think some Tory Lanez had posted some real lame Canadian shit that he was like um saying something about you know Happy Father's Day to the single mothers out there. And I'm just like, bro, dog, there is a Mother's Day, my man. There is a Mother's Day. What you're doing is similar to All Lives Matter. That is similar to All Lives Matter. Like, we ain't talking about mothers right now. We're talking about fathers. Father is a specific role that is done by a specific gender. It's done by a specific type of person. Mothers are not fathers. You ain't got to be greedy and get two days. Relax. Just relax. You got your day. Your day even came first. Relax. Because I guarantee you, if you talking to a single mother straight up, you being 100% on, y'all having a real conversation. She going to tell you that lack of a father is felt and she is not capable of doing what that father can do. In a sense of she cannot provide that same type of support that a uh, that a father can spiritually and mentally. It's not just about finances. Because one thing that pisses me off about the LeBron James story is people act like there wasn't father figures in this man's life to make him the greatest basketball player on this planet. You'd be a goddamn fool to think that his mother was just out there, get out there on the court and play basketball. No. She went to trainers. They had coaches. They had all types of male role models that was in this man's life to make him the greatest basketball player on this planet. People need to stop fronting. Stop <laughs> capping. God, y'all, y'all want to reduce men to just being sperm donors, but at the end of the day, so one way or another, a man comes through and does what he needs to do to make your motherfucking day. Be the first ones to catch a flat on the side of the road. Who they call it? Hey, 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 man, pull up. Change that tire in less than 10 minutes. Take off. Fuck out of here. Anyways, bro. You all right? What you got for it? I'm good, bro. I'm good. But I'm, you all right? I'm good. Remember, it's I'm okay good. to cry. It's I'm okay good. to cry, brother, man. It's, it's, we we going we to keep this no boundary shit coming, man. Once again, man, thanks for all the donations. On the shirts. We got another design coming up. Uh, tank tops. Hopefully we have those before July 4th. So people can put those on. I, I know y'all probably not going to celebrate July 4th this year, but it's all but it's all good. You know, matter of fact, celebrate Juneteenth on July 4th. So, uh, <laughs> Get two days. Get you two days. Yeah, if, if that make you happy, shit. You know, I mean, it is what it is. Because once again, I understand the argument of not celebrating Independence Day. It's a very valid one. Really hard to, de- to it's really hard to debate, you know. Like, I mean, black people really shouldn't, you know, unless you really just love this country that much and you know that you know Independence Day is important to the birth of this nation. But at the same time, like, if you truly value your blackness and you only connect with the blackness, the the black history of this country, then yeah, celebrating July Fourth is to make sense. But anyways, what you got, bro? 
Um, as I mentioned earlier, before we started recording, my words of advice for this week are going to be, there's power in your patience. So remain patient and absorb all the power that you need to go on this journey of whatever journey you're about to go on. All right, Thanos. Uh, it's really hard to follow up with that one. I'm just going to say, man, you know, keep yourselves educated, man. Uh, just like I said on the last one, man, stay educated. Don't, don't undervalue any type of education. I know that there's a, there's a very strange trend that has taken off in the past five years, in my opinion, to where people think that education or getting a college degree is ill. But I personally think that if I'm going to go into debt over anything, I don't mind going to debt over being smarter than you motherfuckers. Because <laughs> at the same time, I feel like a higher education is very important. And if you buy into that bullshit that oh you know you know the college you know college this college ain't worth it i mean i really don't think that a lot of people will be in the position they are today if they didn't have some form of higher education not even necessarily just college whether it's a trade or just advancing themselves after high school so once again long story short don't undervalue education man that's one of the things that even if you're paralyzed and shit, you can't move you still got your mind, so keep that shit sharp at all times. All times. So you can be on their ass. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, bro. <sighs> Until next time, I guess. Uh, with that being said. This has been the No Boundaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. But... Ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?